Psalms 105. Let's go ahead and read the entire chapter. It says, O give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him, talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, His servant, ye children of Jacob, His chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered His covenant forever, the word which He commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant He made with Abraham and His oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, I will give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance, when they were but few men in number, yea, very few, the strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He brake the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly. He made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake and there came divers sorts of flies and lice in all their coast. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees and brake the trees of their coast. He spake and the locusts came and caterpillars and that without number and did eat up all the herbs of their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his law. Praise ye the Lord." So right here, basically what we've seen, once again, this is a, it's a psalm, it's a song, it was something they were supposed to sing, and they're giving thanks unto the Lord, and then basically what it does is it kind of sings a bunch of their history, starting with Joseph, and basically how they went into Egypt, and ending with them leaving Egypt. It's pretty much the history that's covered here in Psalms 105. And so, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, basically the gist of Psalms 105 is, you know what? We ought to remember our history. We ought to remember what the Lord has done for us and we ought to give thanks to what He has done for us. But what I want to focus on in this message, it starts in verse um, 8. Or no, uh, verse 6, I'm sorry. Verse 6. 
So obviously, you know, we believe in replacement theology. You know, we teach here that Israel, basically, uh, the kingdom was taken from them and given to another nation. And we're going to see several verses here that the dispensationalists love to use and kind of throw in our face and to kind of prove that God's not done with Israel. And specifically when they're talking about the land. Because, you know, people like us will make these very politically incorrect anti-Semitic statements when we say the land doesn't belong to the Jews. You know, and people just get, they get so bent out of shape by that. And then you'll have the likes of Sam Gipp when he's doing one of his stand-up comedy routines that he calls a sermon. He will get up and a lot of times he'll read a passage like this here in Psalms. And I've heard him, and I've not heard him do it with this particular passage, but I've heard him do it with several like this. And he will, I'll, I'll show you how I'll do it, okay? All right, if I may uh, channel Sam Gipp uh, right now. But basically, so here's what he would do. Verse 6 says, O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. Jews are God's chosen people. You know, Anderson says that, you know, he's one of the chosen people, but, you know, he's not. You know, he, Sam Gipp can't hardly say three sentences without talking about Pastor Anderson. And it says in verse six, 7, it says, He is Lord our God, His judgments are on all the earth. He hath remembered His covenant forever. Well, Pastor Anderson wants to tell you that's done, you know, even though the Bible says forever. You know, and then in each stop time when he has to stop to tell you what Pastor Anderson thinks, he's going to want to tell a story in there too. And I'll spare you all the stories, alright? But he says, forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. You know, guys like Anderson, you know, they want you to think that it ended, you know, 70 AD. But it says a thousand generations. That's about 40 years. Do 40 times a thousand. It's a lot more than, you know, that, that's a lot of years. It hasn't been, Earth hasn't been here for 40,000 years. What are these people thinking? He says this is for a thousand generations. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirm the same unto Jacob for a law. Remember that verse right there. All right? This is me talking, not Sam yet. But remember that verse right there. And confirm the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Y'all see that right there? It was an everlasting covenant. You know, you got these guys that want to say they're spiritual Jews and they're spiritual Israel. But you know, this is very specifically talking to Israel. The whole chapter is about Israel. It was them that he brought through the Red Sea, and it was them that he brought through, you know, out of out of the land of Egypt. And look what it says in verse eleven, saying unto thee, uh, say unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan and the lot of your inheritance? So right here we see that this you know, giving of the land of Canaan to Israel, it was something that was God's come with them forever. It was to Jacob, his chosen Israel, still God's chosen people. And that's what they'll do with that verse. So now what do we do with that verse? Alright? What do we how does this passage <clears throat> fit with our theology? Well let me tell you something, it fits perfect with our theology, but here's the thing dispensationalists don't do. They don't use the New Testament. Okay? You have to use the New Testament with the Old Testament. They just want to use the Old Testament. And it's interesting how they, you know, they're so fascinated with the Jews, and it's interesting how they interpret the Old Testament exactly the way the Jews do. You know, for example, you know, the Jews don't think Jesus was the Messiah, their Messiah either, neither does Sam Gipp. Alright, yeah, so right there, I mean, that, that shows you what a lot of their problem is. But let me ask you a couple questions, alright? Was the land of Israel, 
Was it given to them by law or by promise? By promise. Okay? God promised it to them. Okay? And this is what they like to do. Sam Giff, he taught like a two-hour message you know, about conditional versus unconditional covenants. It could have been about 30 minutes, but he had to spend about an hour and a half talking about Pastor Anderson in this message. Talk about conditional versus unconditional. This promise of giving the land to Israel, it was not given to them by law. It was given to them by promise. Therefore, we don't get to bring up how much they sinned and all the bad things. Yeah, they did a bunch of bad things. Yeah, even Bill Grady will admit Israel did a bunch of bad things. But God promised the land to them. Therefore, it's still theirs. Okay? And I partially agree with what they're saying. But yes, the land was given to them by promise, not by law. Keep that in mind. In the Old Testament, we do. We see clear promises given to Israel that were unconditional. And I believe giving them the land, when God promised the land to Abraham and to his seed, and specifically even in this passage here, where he's talking about the land to Israel, this was an unconditional promise that God gave. Okay? Don't forget that. He said, but Tom, you're, you're killing your theology here. No, I'm not. All right, you're gonna you're gonna see. You see, the problem is you let you let the dispensationalists tell you what we think. All right, and they don't know what we think. They they lie and they misrepresent, and then they twist the scriptures, and it gets people confused. But in the Old Testament, we also see clear laws and covenants that were broken by Israel. Okay, did Israel break the law? Yes, they did. Did they break some covenants? Yes, they did. The New Testament talks about you know the covenants that they break. And the Old Testament refers to the covenants that they broke. But here's the thing. Even if they broke a covenant, breaking a, did that make them lose the promise? Okay? Listen, there's, there's a difference between a promise and an unconditional promise and a conditional covenant. Alright? There is a difference. And I'll show you how all that works here in a little bit. So if God gave Israel unconditional promises, then why did He also give them conditional laws? These are all questions that need to be answered. All right, By us, these things need to be answered. And the, there are clear answers in the New Testament. So here's another question. Can an unconditional law overrule an unconditional promise? So can a conditional law overrule an unconditional promise? No, it cannot. Okay, they, they cannot. For example, the law says that we're sinners and we must go to hell, right? But what does grace say? Grace says Christ paid the debt and I can be saved by faith. All right, we'd all agree with that, right? I think even a dispensationalist would agree with that. I would hope so, at least. You never know these days. So let's go to Galatians 3. All right, Galatians 3 is the kryptonite of dispensationalism, Zionism. It is a passage that they will not touch with a 10-foot pole. But let me tell you something. We're going to go over Galatians 3 with a fine-tooth comb. And then after we go through Galatians 3, we're going to go back to Psalms 105. Alright? Because basically what Galatians chapter 3 is, it's, it's, it's a lot of legal talk here. Alright? Have you ever seen a contract or something before or terms and conditions? It was like you have to be a lawyer to understand it. 
Okay? And we've all seen those things before. And that's kind of what Galatians 3 is, alright? It's not, but you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to understand it, alright? It's, it's simple enough, uh, just, you know, somebody with reading comprehension can get it. But basically, what he's doing here is he's explaining how things work. He's explaining how this all fits. Because when you read a passage like Psalms 105, I can see where someone might come along and say, hey, those people over there in Israel that are the descendants of Abraham, the land belongs to them, right? God gave it to them by an unconditional promise. So who cares if they broke the law? Who cares if they broke the covenants? The land belongs to them. Well, there's some legal things that we need to understand. And these things are taught in Galatians 3. And this is important because these things matter a lot and they, especially when it comes to our salvation. Because once again, yes, we broke the law. We deserve to go to hell according to the law. But we don't have to go to hell. Why? Because we're not under law, but under grace. And I'll say more about that in a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But let's start reading Galatians chapter 3. And verse 1 says, This only what I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Now, I think we know the answer to that one. How did you get saved? Did you get saved by the works of the law? Okay. If you obeyed every Old Testament law, if that were possible, you wouldn't need to get saved, would you? Because you have no sin. You have no debt to pay. There would be no death for you because death comes by sin. But here's the thing. We all blew that from the get-go, didn't we? The whole human race was plunged into uh, sin, and we were born in sin. And so, you know what? Truth is, we didn't. We all know we did not get saved by the law, but we got saved by the hearing of faith. This only what I learn of you: receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law. Or I already read that one. Verse three: Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You'd be an idiot to think that you're going to heaven because of where you are at in the flesh. Because we are still sinful, aren't we? Verse 4, Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain. He therefore that ministereth you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Okay, How are we saved? By our works of the law or by our faith? We are saved by our faith, right? Not according to the law. When I talk about my salvation, it would I would be foolish to go to Old Testament law to prove salvation belongs to me. I broke the law. I am a lawbreaker. Why would I go to the law to try to claim my salvation? That would be foolish. I didn't get it. I got it by faith. Okay? And what was that faith in? It was the faith in the promise of salvation to whosoever believeth. It's the I believe I'm going to heaven based on a promise that God gave where He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what he, I believe John 3.16. Whosoever believeth. I believe that. And so if you were to ask me, hey, prove why you're going to heaven, or if I was to stand before God and He was to say, why should I let you into heaven? I'm not going to go to the law. I'm going to go to the promise, aren't I? I'm going to say, because of your promise. You promise it, whosoever believeth. Not going to go to the law. I'm going to go to the promise. Because I was, I was not saved by the works of the law. I was saved by faith in the promises of God 
and that He would save me because of the work that Jesus Christ did. So verse 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. We were saved the same way Abraham was saved. Y'all get that? Abraham was saved by faith. And we were saved the same way he was. So verse 7 says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So the Bible says we are his children because we are of faith. Alright? Now, I know you all, all know the whole thing about us being the children of Abraham. Y'all know that. Y'all, y'all get that. I think we all accept that by faith. But listen, it's about to get real clear, okay? Every word in the Bible is there for a reason. It's all important, okay? And it's important that we understand these details, alright? Let's not just accept this by faith anymore. Because we do have some verses where it says it real clear. Hey, let's try to understand this. Okay, Let's try to dig deep and let's look at every little detail here so we fully understand how we are Abraham's children. Okay, This isn't something that God just said just to say. No, this is actually very important that we are the children of Abraham. That we are Abraham's seed. This matters very much. And the way we are Abraham's children, the way we are Abraham's seed... It's key that we understand this and helping us understand a lot of things we see in the Old Testament and a lot of things about our salvation. So look at verse 8. It says, "...and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, In these shall all nations be blessed, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So notice in this passage it mentions how, first of all, God knew that He was going to justify the heathen through faith. And so He preached the Gospel to Abraham. He did it before. Well, before what? You know, Before God had given the law, before Jesus Christ had came and everything had been done with the Gospel, God preached this to Abraham knowing that He was going to justify the heathen someday. At the same time, when God told Abraham he, was, he promised him the land and all the things He promised him, God knew what He was going to do with the heathen someday. He knew that, and so He preached this to them, and He gave them this promise, and He gave them salvation the same way that He gave, up, gave it to us. And so, so in verse 10, when it says, for as many are of the works of the law are under the curse, okay, if it's about the law, you're under the curse. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And I don't remember which chapter it was, but there's you might remember the chapter where it says, you know, cursed be he that setteth light by his father, and all the people shall say Amen. You know, cursed is he that put a stumbling block before the vine, and all the people shall say Amen. And it just goes on and on with all these things. It was supposed to be read to the congregation where they're like, Cursed if you do this, cursed if you do that. And after each thing the whole congregation would say, Amen, so be it. You know what they were doing? They were basically agreeing to this law. They were buying themselves according to this law. And when it goes through all those things, it gets to the very last one, and it says, right there, what it says there in Galatians, cursed is he, everyone, that, or that does, if you do not do everything. If you don't do every one of these, you're cursed, is what it says. And they were all supposed to agree to that. Okay? And listen, and how they agreed is they agreed by basically just stating, Amen. You know, they didn't have to do like we do today and sign 45 different contracts. Okay? 
But when they were saying amen, they were agreeing and they were they were kind of binding themselves to this law. Okay? So keep that in mind. I'll say more about that in a minute. So in Galatians, so he also mentioned in here, you know, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So those who are children by the law, we see, they are not counted for the seed because of sin. Okay, turn over to Romans 9. Now you all know this passage well too, but I need you to I need you to see this and 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 think very closely about it. This is another forbidden passage that the dispensationalists don't want to touch with a ten foot pole. It says in Romans nine six, not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel. You know, let me go back to verse five. I need to read the verse before to help you understand what he's saying. Not not as though the word of God taken none effect. Okay, he was been talking about the Israelites in verse four. He says, who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Okay, Who was the law given to? It was given to Israel, right? Who was the promises given to? It was given to Israel, right? Okay, Verse 5, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever. That's talking about physical Israel. But then verse 6, not as though the Word of God hath taken none effect. Okay? Because what he's saying right here, because he would look at that and say, well, you know what? The Word of God did not take effect. The Word of God failed because Israel broke the covenant. Israel broke the law. Therefore, the Word of God is of no effect. No, not necessarily. Because look at verse 6, because for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. And this is what you've got to get, alright? And keep this in mind as we go through the rest of this. Whenever you say the land belongs to Israel, Referring to the physical descendants of Abraham, how are they his children? When you say that, by the law. Okay? Alright, just like my children, one of the reasons they're mine, they physically descend from me. Okay? And it could be proven that they physically descend from me. Therefore, you know, legally, they are my children. Okay, now I could adopt another child, but I've got a process I've got to go through to do that. But I don't have to do that with my children. Okay? My children are my children according to the law. They descend from me. And you know what? And you know, and I personally think it's foolish to even bring up the whole Ashkenazi thing. Uh, the people over there in Israel, I don't want to get on another subject. They are descendants of Israel, the ones who killed Jesus. You know why? Because they are doing the same works. Because they are doing the same works, they do count as the descendants of those Jews. Okay? And they're bound to the same curse that they bound themselves to when he said his blood be on us and our children. And I can prove biblically that they are the descendants. Physically, I don't need to prove anything. Physically, that doesn't matter, okay? But, you know, getting off that side note, when you say 
that land belongs to them because they physically descend from Abraham, you're saying it's theirs by law. Not by promise. You're saying it's theirs by law. Well, if okay, if it's theirs by law, we've got a problem because Israel broke the law. Israel broke the covenants. The things that were conditional, they all broke. They broke all of them. They did not keep God's law. So the land, according to the law, does not belong to them. They broke it. Well, then why did God make those promises? The Word of God taketh none effect? No, actually the Word of God has taken effect because you know what? God didn't just... God, one, gave them a law, but He also gave a promise. But the Bible does not tell us that the children of the law are the children. In fact, it tells us the opposite. It says it's the children of promise that are counted for the seed. That's what it says right there in Romans 9. When it's saying, not as though the Word of God taken none effect. Yes, they were given the laws. Yes, they were given the promises. So, did it not work? No, because here's what you don't understand. This is something Paul's revealing to them. For they are not all Israel that are of Israel. Okay? Just because they descend physically, it does not mean they count for the seed. They have to be the children of the promise now let's go back to Galatians because in Galatians, it makes it real clear how you become a child of promise. So in verse 11, it says, "...but that no man is justified by the law on the side of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree." That's one of those laws. That's one of the, the curses. And Jesus Christ, He took care of all that for us. He did all of that for us. And so verse 14 it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So what right here it's saying that it... It's very clear in Galatians that this promise that God gave to Abraham, it was not just for his physical descendants because it says right here, God wanted it to come on the Gentiles too. God told Abraham, I've made thee a father of many nations. And so we see, so if, so once again, and this is just elementary for us here, so if we don't physically descend from Abraham, how can we be a child of Abraham? It's right there through faith. Okay? Through faith. And through faith, we receive the promises. Okay? Not through the law. That's what he's been talking about here throughout chapter 3. He's telling these Galatians, you know, how foolish are you to think that you're saved by the works of the law? Have you not read the law? You know, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things. Listen, the law canceled all of you out from the time that you were born. That didn't get you in there at all. You got in through faith just like Abraham. Verse 15. Okay, he's getting into more legal talk here. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Remember in Psalms where it mentioned the covenant that was confirmed among them? Okay? So right here it's saying... Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Okay? He's getting into technical legal stuff. And you know what he's saying 
The law did not cancel out the promises. Because what came first? The promise or the law? Well, the promise came first. The, God gave Abraham the promise before. Before he was in circumcision. Okay? The covenant... The, in like, um, I don't know where it's at. I think it's in Galatians. It mentions how Abraham received the promises while he was yet in uncircumcision. God gave him circumcision later. And then we're going to see here, the law came 430 years later. Okay? The law came much later. So did that law cancel out a promise? No. Okay? You don't get to dis and all. There's no, there's no law that can be given that's going to cancel out a promise of God. And that's good to know too. Because of the fact we've received the promise of salvation, we've received the promise of eternal security, but guys like Tyler Doka and Justin LeBlanc have come along and they've added to that saying, nope, it canceled out. You know, it turns out you've got to keep laws too, otherwise you've got to do time in the lake of fire. Sorry, these guys don't get to add to a promise that we've already received. Okay? And even if, even if a law did get added, which it hasn't been added, the promise is still in effect. We're still good. We're still covered. We're never going to go to the lake of fire. We're never going to taste the second death. Okay? Even if God added another law, it can't cancel out a promise. And so, yes, God promised Abraham that land. He promised that to, he promised it to his seed. And all these laws that came later, they don't cancel out those promises. Okay? That's what he's saying right here. No man disannulleth or addeth thereto. So look at verse 16. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. We all know that verse very well too. I won't spend a lot of time on that. But listen, when you credit the physical descendants as the seed, you're using the law. Y'all get that? You're using the law to do that. They broke the law. The law came 430 years after the promises. Okay, You need to remember that. And so just because Isaac physically came from Abraham and Sarah, it doesn't mean he was a child by law. You know why? Because he was a miracle of God, wasn't he? I mean, the Bible talks about the deadness of Sarah's womb. God did a miracle in allowing Sarah to conceive Isaac and Isaac, while physically from Abraham, Isaac was the child of promise. That is what the Bible specifically calls him. He was a child of the, of the promise. But Ishmael was a child of the flesh, wasn't he? We might go through Galatians 4 next week along with Psalms 106. Okay? He, was, he was a child of the flesh. And those Jews over there in Israel, I, I'll give it to them. All right? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to them that they are physical descendants of Abraham. But guess what? Then that would only allow them access to the land according to the law. And they broke it. They broke the law. Therefore, they are not counted for the seed. Okay? And the seed that was, it was promised to, we see very specifically here, it was talking about Jesus Christ. And that's just spelled out. I mean, that's spelled out. He saith not in the seeds as of many, as a as in descendants, just like all the other Bibles say, just like Schofield's notes say, it's specifically saying it's not referring to seeds as of many or descendants. It's talking about one, it was Jesus Christ. And see, and that's why we're counted for the seed because we're in Christ. Because we got born again. Verse 17 says, And this I say, 
that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Once again, that's good news, folks. That's good news. Next time some Catholic tries to tell you that, you know, you're not, you know, you got to go to purgatory or something because you committed some sin, you can tell them to go jump in the lake. Because you know what? The promise came before the law came. And I'm getting into heaven on the promise of faith like Abraham, not according to the law. You know, that's, this is really good news for us right here. Verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise. That cancels out physical Jews, doesn't it? They would have it of the law, but if it's of the law, it is no more a promise. The land is something that is given by promise, not by the law. But you all realize that to get in on the promise, you have to be a faith. You all get that? All right, so, um, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. There was nothing physically in Abraham that impressed God. It was Abraham's faith that impressed God. That's what God appreciated about Abraham was his faith. And God does not look at some people in some part of the world and say, you know what, I like where you descend from. I like your DNA. Okay? We're not, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. Faith is what associates us with Abraham, not DNA. So verse 19, Wherefore then serveth the law? So then why did God give the law? Okay? Because we do see in the law how God promised that, you know, or God tells them in the law, hey, if you do these things, I'll do this. If you don't do these things, I won't do that. Or, you know, you'll receive this punishment. Why did God give the law 430 years later? It was added because of transgressions. Look at this. Till the seed should come. And who was that? Till Jesus Christ. To whom the promise was made. The promise was made to the seed. Talking about Jesus Christ. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. You know why the law was added? If God gave them that law to help them survive as a people, as wicked as they were, if they did not keep some of these laws, and they didn't do a very good job, but that those laws were meant to help preserve them as a people. That's why God told them to stone the homosexuals. That's why God told them to put people to death for adultery and fornication and all the things that God did. God said, you've got to have these laws if you're going to survive as a people. God needed them to survive until the seed came because God promised that the seed was going to come through Abraham and through Isaac. So God gave them these laws to protect them. And that's why the Old Testament laws would still be good for us to follow as a nation today. So we can survive as a people. Okay? Not talking about the ceremonial things that Jesus Christ finished. But you know what? If we want to survive as a people, we will help ourselves out greatly if we put some people to death. If we would put the homos to death who are spreading diseases, these things, these laws will help preserve us as a people, as a nation. And so America would be very wise to go back and look at these Old Testament laws and say, hey, how do we want America to stand for another 100 years, 200 years, 500 years? You know what we've got to do in order to survive as a nation? We need to follow those laws that God gave Israel to help them survive as a nation. 
And if we would do that, we would be protected. So the law was added because of transgression. God had made a promise that the seed was going to come through Abraham, but Abraham's line was being wicked. And so God gave them this law so they could follow these things and not earn the inheritance. The inheritance was already promised to them. So they could survive as a people, as a physical nation, until the seed came. Guess what? The seed came. The seed came that the promises belonged to. And that was Jesus Christ. So if the morals would have been left unchecked, Israel would have never survived as a nation. Why did God tell them to put the sodomites to death? He said because the land itself vomiteth out the inhabitants that do those things. And it would have done the same thing to them. Just because they were God's chosen people didn't mean they weren't going to die of diseases. Didn't mean if they were going to be wicked that other armies were going to come in and God was and they were going to defeat them and God wouldn't protect them. So God gave them those laws. So verse 20 says, Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. If the law... Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily, righteousness should have been by the law. So those laws that God gave, they weren't against the promises of God. They did not work against His promises. Okay, But they were given to help them. We'll see it again here in a little bit. It was given The law was a schoolmaster. But what he's saying right here... Is he saying, you know, if if a law could have been given that would have been brought righteousness, and righteousness would be by the law. But you know what? No law was given because righteousness cannot be obtained by the law. Because of the fact we have to do every single one of them. And we can't. It's just not possible. So verse, so verse 22 says, But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Now this verse here is very important too. I wish I had time to go through all of Romans chapter 11. Turn over Romans 11. I'm going to show you a few verses in Romans 11. The Scripture hath concluded all under sin. Why? Why did the Scripture conclude all under sin? So whosoever believeth could be saved. Okay? It put everybody... In the exact same spot, it made it. It made it so us as Gentiles could receive the same promises that Abraham was promised. It put us so we could receive the same promises that were promised to Israel. Okay, same thing. So Romans chapter eleven. So God concluded all under sin. All right, that way whosoever believeth. Now, what do we see in Romans ten thirteen? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans, before chapter 10, had talked a lot about Israel and all the bad things Israel had done. In Romans 11, verse 1, after he had just said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, it says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. He's saying, hey, Israel can still be saved. Proof is, Paul saying, is me. I'm an Israelite. And I got saved. How does that work? How did the people who had broken the law, broken the covenants, I mean, all the horrible things they did, who crucified Jesus, how do they still have a chance? They blew it. They, they messed everything up. You know how they get in? By the promise. The same one that we get in on. 
Jump down to verse 32 of Romans chapter 11. Everybody like when everybody goes through Romans 11 too, especially the dispensationalists, they always want to, all they want to do is do an all Israel shall be saved. They love that verse, and all Israel shall be saved. Uh, but they never want to keep reading. You have to keep reading to see, because this is the main point of what Paul is trying to show us in, in Romans chapter 11. In verse 32, says, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief. Speaking specifically about physical Israel. He hath concluded them all in unbelief. Why? That he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out. You know what God did? Even though God gave that law, and even though we can go to the law, we can go to those covenants, we can say, Israel messed up. Israel broke it. Israel messed everything up. You know what else we can see in there? We can also see promises that God gave to them. And because God concluded Israel in unrighteousness, just like the Gentiles were, you know what that does? That also puts them in a place where they can receive the promises just like us. They can be saved by calling on the Lord. And so all Israel shall be saved. I, I personally believe that means just like whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has concluded them all in unrighteousness. He put them in the exact same boat that we are in. So all they've got to do is call on the Lord and they will be saved too. Just like you and me. And then they can receive those promises. Then all those things that God promised to Israel or God promised to Abraham, they can get those things, but not by the works of the law, but by faith. That's how they, that's how they get those things. So I hope that all, that makes sense. So, you know, cause some, some might say, you know, the Jews are reprobate because they failed to keep the covenant of God. But the truth is, the law put them in the exact same place we were. You all get that? Because see, I used to, I, and I used to struggle with this a little bit too. Because, like in Ephesians, it talks about how there was a middle wall partition that was between us, and how the laws were against us. But at the same time, I'm like, but wait a minute. Even though the laws were against us and contrary to us, we see an awful lot of Gentiles in the Old Testament receiving salvation. So how were those things necessarily against us? Well, actually, they were against us. But the thing is. All those Gentiles in the Old Testament, they got in by the promise. Not by the law. And guess what? All the Jews from the Old Testament who received the promise, you know how they all got it? By promise. Not by the law. None of them got it by the law. Abraham didn't. David didn't. Moses didn't. They all got it by promise. So those laws, they weren't just against us as Gentiles, even though they were more against us because where you descended from mattered. But we see they were, that they were still able to get in by promise. So, but in, so verse 22 of Galatians 3 again, but the Scripture concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, and that's everybody. So to try to credit the land of Israel... Or the land to physical Israel they, because of their legal descent is absolutely foolish and goes against Old and New Testament. When you're, you know, so when, cause especially too, when these guys try to get up and Sam gets, gets up and says, it was given to them by promise. But the Bible says the children of promise are those who are of faith. Are they believing on Christ today? 
So then the promise is of no effect to them. You're say, when you say it belongs to them because of their physical descent, that is by the law. And they broke that. They, they missed that. It makes no sense to teach that. We have law and we have promise. You get the inheritance by one of the two. And nobody would say they, got it, they would get it by the law. You get it by the promise. But the Bible is crystal clear to get it by promise. Where you descend from matters not. It is whether or not you are of faith. That is exact. To say that the land belongs to them because of where they physically descend from, that is exactly like teaching we're saved, or, and then saying they get it because of the promise too. That's like saying we're saved by grace through faith with works. No. That doesn't even make sense. It's not by grace. It's not by grace if it's of works. It's not by faith if it's of works. It either belongs to them by the law or by the promise. And when you say it's because of their physical bloodline, you're saying it's the law. But then the promise doesn't count. The promise is for those who are of faith. The Bible spells that out. It makes no sense. These guys are doing double talk when they say that. They are talking out of both sides of their mouth, just like many religions do today when they say, well, I believe my salvation is by grace through faith, but you have to have it works too. We, you hear that all the time. The Mormons say that. The Catholics say that. Many people are saying today, and you and I know that makes no sense. Those are contradictions. You cannot mix those two things. So Galatians 3.23 says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. You know what? In, in Romans, I taught on this the other day. forgot what chapter in Romans. The, the laws, the, the additional laws that were given, it showed man that he was exceeding sinful. Additional law makes us more of a lawbreaker, doesn't it? But that's good. Because the more laws we realize we're guilty of, the easier it is to figure out that we're a sinner. Because what's the problem we have sometimes when we're out soul winning? Hey, you believe you're on your way to heaven? You know, what does the person have to do? Well, you know, don't kill anybody, you know. Oh, okay, so you just keep the Ten Commandments? Okay, well, what about lying? Isn't that what we always go to? We go to an all liars. Why are we doing that? We're showing additional laws to make it more obvious to people that they are sinful. Aren't you glad those verses are there? Aren't you glad it's not just the Ten Commandments? Because then there might be some people be dumb enough to think that they're not a sinner. But no, there's a whole lot of laws and it's real easy to convince people, or it should be easy to convince people that they are a sinner. That's why those laws were added. And it was a schoolmaster to bring salvation so we would realize we're justified by faith. You start studying that law, you start reading all those laws and realizing how many of them you've broken, you're not going to say, I'm justified by my works. You're going to say, I can only be justified by faith. So the law helped show man that he was a sinner so he would need, see his need for a Savior. And so verse 25, but, not, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one 
in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, this is what another thing the dispensationals try to do to make us look like we're doing the double talk. Okay? You know, they'll say, well, there's neither Jew nor Greek in Christ. But, you know, then they'll show you a verse in the Bible where Paul's talking about Jews and where he's talking about Greeks. Listen, according to the law, yes, there's Jews and there's Greeks. There's barbarians, Scythians. According to the law, there's male and female, isn't there? Were there not some laws for females that they didn't have for males? Okay? Yes, according to the law, there are all those things. But according to faith, those things don't matter, do they? Those things don't matter at all. But what are they doing when they're saying they're Jews, they're Jews, they're chosen because they're Jews, they're chosen because of their physical descent? That's law. That is law that they are bringing up. And by the law, they will be condemned. They have to be of faith. The promises were not to a physical people. It was to those who are of faith. The Bible's so clear about that. So now in light of what we've learned, let's go back to Psalms 105. Psalms 105, verse 6. It says, O ye seed of Abraham, his servant. Who's that talking about? Who is Abraham's seed? It's those who are of faith. It's Jesus Christ. Those who are in Christ. Ye children of Jacob, his chosen. Okay? Galatians 3.29 And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Okay? I got New Testament interpreting the Old Testament for me. That's what a true Bible believer does. Okay? Verse 7, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered His covenant forever. The word which He commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant He made with Abraham, and look at this, and His oath unto Isaac. That's a promise right there. You all see that? His oath unto Isaac, God made a promise to Isaac. Who do the promises go to? Those of faith. Those who are the children of promise. We then, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. That's in Galatians chapter 4. Verse 10. And confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law. Remember? In Galatians, um, go back to Galatians 3.17. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. And so confirm the same unto Jacob for a law. Y'all see that? A law came after the promise. A law came after the oath. But the law does not cancel out the promise. The promise is still good. Okay? But, and look, and he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. You know what we're seeing right here? We're seeing how God gave them a law and he gave them a promise, didn't he? And you know what? We know the only way to get these things is not through the law through the promise. And it's interesting here how God said He gave Jacob a law and Israel a promise. Aren't they the same person? But you know what? When did God call Jacob Israel? God changed His name to Israel, didn't He? God ended up calling him by His name. God ended up changing His name kind of like God gave Abraham another name. Abraham. 
It's got a picture there of salvation, how God gave him another name. And so we've got Jacob, the natural man, that was given a law. But then we have Israel, the spiritual man, that was given a promise. And we see those things throughout the Bible, but what is it that gets somebody those things? The land, the inheritance, it's not the law, it's the promises. And so you do, you can come up and you can tell me all you want. You can show me a DNA test somehow to prove that they are direct biological descendants of Jacob. Well, you know what? I don't care if they're of Jacob. I want to know, are they of Israel? Because you know what? For they are not all Israel that are of Israel. The children of promise are counted for the seed. I don't care if they descend directly from Isaac. The Bible says we are the children of promise. It's the children of the promise that are counted for the seed. And so we see two things in the Old Testament. We see laws and we see promises. You don't get the inheritance through the law. You get it through promises. And that is why the land... That land over there in the Middle East, it does not belong to physical Jews. And you go against the Old and New Testament to say that it does. If that land was given to the children of Israel by promise, and you get that promise through being of faith. Don't get any clearer than that, folks. I mean, end of story. That is why I do not support physical Israel. That is why we do not fly an Israeli flag in our church. We do not support them. They are of the law and they, are, they broke it. They, they lost it. They lost the kingdom and God gave it exclusively to the spiritual people. To those who are of faith, we have that. So throughout the Old Testament, we can clearly see, looking back, that there was the physical and the spiritual. There was law and there was grace. Zionism today, it focuses on the law. That is what it focuses on. And the law will only guarantee Jews an eternity in hell. That's all it will give, will give them. And they will lose that inheritance. If people really love the Jews, they would tell them to stop trying to get the land through the law. You want to get that land? You better exclaim the promise. And the promise goes to those who are of faith. Who cares about who care who cares where you descend from? And you know what? You can call me anti-Semitic for saying something like that. I, it's not anti-Semitic. That's just that's just Bible. That is just Bible. End of story. These these Zionist Zionism is garbage. It is out of the pit of hell. It is of the law. It is no. It it, it is another form of just Catholicism. Trying to get to heaven through the works of the law. It can't be done. And they're not going to get those inheritances through the works of the law. And it, is, it, it, could, it, it couldn't be any more clear. I'm so, I'm, I'm so sick of that stuff. I'm so sick of that foolishness. It is just a lie. You have to just, you have to be blind to so many things to do that. And I've had enough of it. And I enjoyed the Marching Zion Conference a lot. And I can't wait till those I can't wait till those videos get out. I just I want to shove them in some. I, I, we don't even need those videos. I just want to shove Galatians three in some of these people's face. I'm just going to get a stamp it has Galatians three on. I'm just going to walk them and stamp it right in these people's forehead. Galatians three. That is the kryptonite of Zionism. 
for, if I may use a carnal analogy, it destroys it. And I do. Somebody please find me a message of any dispensationalist preaching verse by verse through Galatians 3. I would love to hear what they do with it. I could have, I, mean, I, I can't find anything. Somebody do that. There's a challenge for you. Find me a dispensationalist preaching verse by verse through Galatians 3. Good luck. And while you're at it, see if you can find Bigfoot. But anyway, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. And we thank You for how clear it is. We thank You for the promises. Lord, there is no doubt the law is against us. Uh, we have failed in that area. But we thank You so much that we're able to get in on those promises that You gave way back to Abraham. Uh, Lord, we don't deserve them. Uh, none do. But we thank You for them. And I pray You'll help us to... Uh, continue telling folks about the promises you've given and help us to just uh, expose the lie that is out there that people can get to heaven through keeping the works of the law. And I pray you'll help us to expose this lie of Zionism that teaches that a group of people have received an inheritance by the law. Lord, it makes absolutely no sense, but I pray you'll just you'll wake up people to this. In your name we pray. 